The UN is begging Jerome to quit hiking rates. It's getting real out there, everybody. We talked about a potential dollar top last week. We'll talk about gold strength this week. We'll talk about OPEC cuts. We'll talk about Hunter. Hunter might be getting grounded soon. We'll talk about the Trumpster. He might be getting his Twitter account back soon. We're going to talk about Elon. We're going to talk about the Ukraine. We're, of course, going to get into all things funny and offensive. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is therapy session number 189, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Nick, how goes it, sir? How are you? I didn't ask you how you were last week. I felt bad afterwards. I just had assumed that you were doing pretty well, but how are you this week? I'm doing good. I'm in a new office. Sorry for the barren walls. I'll get some stuff up there eventually. At least they're freshly painted. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, the markets are the markets. They continue to be bearish. Uh, I don't think the UN is going to change Jerome's mind. Um, <laughs> the UN is else? begging <laughs> the Federal Reserve Chair to quit hiking rates. What is going on in 2022, Nick? A lot of noise out there, but um, I'm sure we'll get into it. Q3 numbers are about to come out, and uh, you just had three down quarters of the S&P in a row, and I think that's going to continue. So um, other than being bearish and pessimistic, I'm doing good. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Look, I think uh, by the time people watch this or read this, I think Patriot Battery Metals have their financing closed. I know there's a ton of assays in the lab that they, they asked to hold off on while the financing closed to avoid a conflict of interest. I'm excited as all heck to see what those numbers look like. And I think whatever cap there was on the share price, um, and I mentioned this last week, I told you you should have been in the market taking advantage of that weakness. Um, I think given the close today on Thursday the 6th, it looks like it looks like that financing will be closed soon. And the weakness in the stock, I mean, we're talking slight weakness, right? It's 15% off its all-time highs. But I think that is done. So I'm excited there. There's I mean, there's bull markets and stuff, right? We've talked lithium, uh, uranium is a bit stagnant, but I think I think that's coming. I had a great conversation earlier this week with UEC CEO Amir Adnani, who is as bullish as I've ever heard him. And I've known him for quite some time now, as have you. And so, no, look, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. And um, yeah, excited to get to it. Um, let's get right into the markets. Let's talk gold. We talked last week about Gold needing to close right around or above that 1684 mark on a monthly level to kind of reestablish some support. It failed to do so, but it started the month off pretty strong um, on the back of a weaker dollar, right? That index went from 115 to 111-ish the last time that I looked this week. And so correlation there, rates are doing what rates are doing. I know that's a lot uh, in one question, but how do you see the, the, the strength, the recent strength in gold? And do you think it's a head fake? Um, it's <laughs> it's complex. I told you we've always said last week. By the time um, you heard last week's podcast, it would have been the the close of the month. Like you say, it didn't. Gold prices didn't make it back to that support level in the sixteen uh, eighties, but they did after exactly like you say on the back of a dollar weakness. But I think it's a short term fluctuation. So um, you know you got to be able to have a couple of thoughts in your head at the same time. One that gold can be can weak in the short term, but still be in a long term bull market. Um, the only reason gold went up and, and I mean, lump copper and with that as well, um, is that the dollar pulled back and, and rates went down a little bit. But um, that's temporary. You're already seeing rates starting to go back up, certainly in the in the UK, despite 
uh, what the Bank of England did. And uh, I think you get a, a reprisal of the bull market in dollars in the U.S. as well. And so um, I think it's a short term thing, a short term bump for gold. You know, everybody came out of the woodwork last week, all the bugs. Uh, came out from under the rock to tell you that silver was a 20 and going to 30. And, uh, you know, it was the best week for gold in, in something like three months, I think. Um, but a, a short term blip, I think, in the overall trend that we're in, which is um, not necessarily down for gold, but certainly not a, a short term bull market. Well said. I couldn't agree with you more. It would not surprise me to see the dollar absolutely rip here in the next several weeks and coming months. And then I think by year end, we have a situation that looks very different than the situation we're in now, but it's only October, y'all. And I, I told you last week, October has a, a, a track record of uh, being host to a lot of very important instruments in the financial space breaking, right? So when we talk bond markets, when we talk stock markets, I see I've been watching credit default swaps all week, Credit Suisse credit default swaps. Those, the premium on those, Nick, I don't know if you saw it. It looks like a Viagra chart. <laughs> Straight that way. So At least something's going up. Something's going up. <laughs> People are getting nervous, right? People are getting nervous out there. And so anytime I see those premium spreads uh, widen the way that they widen there, it tells me something's not right under the hood. And I know that, you know, Bank of England and, um, you know, Bank of Japan and, and, you know, they've all done quick pivots and reversals, but... Again, we have to look at uh, the, the the market as a whole, and it, it doesn't just depend on you know two governments or two central banks deciding to pivot. It's going to take a little more than that. So, and there's countries that are hiking rates. Mexico just hiked, you know, a, a month or so ago, or a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, um, Bank of Canada, you know, is 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 busy. And so, no, yeah, it's it's a long-winded way of saying spot on with your analysis. Very complex times. It takes a lot to kind of keep track of all of it. And hopefully this can provide a little bit of guidance on what you should be watching, right? Watch the bond markets, watch those yield spreads. Um, and then look, again, there's bull markets out there. You just have to find them and, and, and make sure that you're allocating capital towards those companies that are bullish internally, bullish on the macro side of it, um, and, and, and cashed up because this isn't the time that you want to go to the market, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, interesting times. We say that uh, all the time. Not a lot to do if you're a long-term minded investor or speculator. I mean, I haven't been making a ton of moves. We've talked about the cash position. <laughs> um, I, you know, at, at the end of every week I go and I look at my account history and see what <laughs> I actually bought and sold throughout the week, right? Um, it's, and some weeks are much busier than others, but I haven't bought and sold a lot recently. The only thing I've done really is, is short the NASDAQ. We had a, a couple of up days um, and I took the liberty to short the NASDAQ. And then the, the other thing I'd say is if you are willing to to, to trade, um, you know, on a week to week or, or two week to basis, then um, you can do that as well. You know, I, I remember telling you I was going to buy some Philo on this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's your free. That was your free tip for me, uh, and and I did that. And and this up twenty percent as this copper has uh, come up in the past couple of weeks. I don't think that's a a long term thing. You know, I'll probably bail out of that position, take my twenty percent in two weeks, and be happy. You know, you never go broke. Uh, taking a profit. And so th there's things you can do if, if you're willing to to be more short term minded. But for the long term minded investor, I was writing today, you know, um, go back to bed is what I said. The same philo that just reported 1,132 meters of 1.11% copper equivalent. That one, <laughs> that philo, 
Good gracious. Good gracious. And I'm telling everybody, here's your free tip of the day, other than you should still be buying Patriot battery metals. Um, hand in metals this time next year. We're gonna be having similar discussions. That's 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 my gut feeling. And I'm not I'm not just saying it to say it. I'm I'm telling you because I, I will be front running all of that and buying the heck out of it here over the next six months and establishing a very, very robust position because I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with that one next year. So everybody's yawning right now. It's 25, 30 cents. They just consummated a deal with tech where tech clearly sees the potential. They came in and took, you know, some nine percent of the company. And um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see them joint venture. Um, individual porphyries, right? They've discovered seven or eight porphyry centers now just on one project and they control an entire basin. So yeah, short-term copper might pull back. Mid to long-term copper is absolutely going to rip. I'll be bored for a year with Hannon if that's how long these drilling permit takes. As long as I can make my, you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand percent that I think I'm going to make, perfectly fine adding on any weakness with Hannon Metals. Well, tech likes what they, they see for sure and not just tech, but and John Mech as well, which you well know is, um, you know, the Japanese arm, you know, mining oil and gas and mining arm. And uh, there was a conference in Peru this week I was reading where they're, they're starting to, to, to whisper sweet nothings into the miners' ears, whereas, um, you know, it's been a tough environment in Peru. Like you just said, it takes a year to get a permit sometimes. They were talking about, you know, um, easing the way permitting gets done and not increasing taxes. And so I know there was a lot of fears in, in Peru, but they're really saying the right things now, which helps on, on the macro side of things for sure. It, sh it sure beats what they were saying before, right? Um, we talked gold. We didn't talk silver. I always call um, silver, you know, gold's bipolar mistress or gold's bipolar cousin, right? And we saw it this week. I mean, uh, gold was up a percent or two. Silver surged something like 12% over a couple of days. Um, is it going to go back to trade like an industri industri the industrial metal that it is? Or do you think it keeps its precious metals luster that it's been demonstrating here recently? I think silver is an industrial metal. If, if, um, me too. If, me, if you make me bet, I bet that it goes to 15 before you see 30. Uh, the silver bugs are going to love you, Nick. Hashtag <laughs> silver squeeze. <laughs> Let's talk oil. Um, OPEC managed to piss off Joe Biden and, you know, throw a middle finger at everybody by cutting oil production by 2 million barrels per day um, to make oil more expensive. This right before the midterm elections and this right as Joe is out there, you know, making mistakes left and right, though. He did something today that I really like, and we'll talk about that. But oil production to be cut by 2 million barrels per day. You have been spot on your oil price analysis from a year and a half ago up until this very day. What do you see for oil, Mr. Hodge? I think priced in. Um, so, you know, last mm. week I was telling you it was going to be between 60 and 80. And um, I was sort of wondering why it's been going up for the past, call it a week or so. You know, it's trading at, let me move my mouse, um, 88 bucks today. And and I think that's about all you're going to get from, from this announcement, right? Um, they cut by $2 million a day. We'll release another 10 million barrels from the, the reserve, Biden said. Um, and you just don't have the backdrop there from a demand perspective, given that the basically the entire world is, is in a recession. So a uh, bit of politics going on, I would say, there more so than... Mm. Um, you know, actual uh, supply-demand fundamentals driving OPEC. It's interesting to see our staunch ally Saudi Arabia, um, you know, helping out Russia a bit. Our staunch ally that we were just 
over there licking boots too. That that that's staunch ally. Yeah, the one, the one that cuts up journalists, the one that puts the the bodies on the plane. Yeah, yeah, American citizen journalist, by the way. Yeah, dual citizenship, y'all, in the Saudi embassy. Don't forget that, everybody. Um, the SEC won't let Kim be. <laughs> Out of all of the enforcement action that the SEC can take. She's the new Martha Stewart. She's the new Martha Stewart, man. Y'all better leave Kim's pretty ass alone, man. That's one successful, intelligent, beautiful woman. She tweeted about a crypto thing. I mean, if Kim's in trouble and had to pay $1.4 million, they're just cherry picking for headlines at this point. Talk about clout chasing. And again, I'm I'm actually a big law and order guy. I just want you to apply it equally, right? It's sure. like I I hate when when people come out and they it's law and order on one thing, and then I don't see that because I don't agree with that. So don't apply law and order over here. Leave Kim alone. Any thoughts on that? Well, first, um, you know, some of these shit coins were as fake as her ass, um, <laughs> and, and and you're starting to see that now. Um, I've had Miss Kardashian on a couple of slides and presentations that I've given talking about some of the fakeness. And look good around. in every single one of those slides. <laughs> every single my, one of those slides, you look great, Kim, baby. Don't worry about Nick. <laughs> my, my favorite are the pictures of her sisters from like five, ten years ago and today. Right? All natural. Um, <laughs> no, um, what you say is true. I mean, you know... It, all kinds of celebrities, athletes, etc., were involved in uh, crypto schemes that people lost money in. I mean, you know, lots of people lost money in crypto this year. But even like, you know, the likes of Elon Musk was using Twitter and his following to, to pump up Shiba Inu coins last year. And um, you, you haven't seen any action taken against him, for example. And so that's a total um, headline grabber, you know, yep. from a much bigger picture. There's a lot going on in the in the crypto space and and some of the bigger um you know failures are being cracked down on you know do kwan of, of terra luna infamy has a, a global you know red alert out on him from interpol right like uh yep. arrest, on, arrest on site and so um, they're trying to get some of these people but at the same time um you know crypto despite bitcoin being down <clears throat> some I don't know, 60% from its highs, uh, if not a bit more, continues to make inroads as it relates to um, the larger global financial picture. Excuse me for one second. Um, Gosh, what was sticking out in my head? So we have Chris Curl, who feeds me a lot of the stuff and and whose articles I read. Um, But I also try to read, you know, at least the big headlines about crypto uh, every week. And, you know, you've had some some managing or a managing director at Goldman Sachs leave to go over to Coinbase to, um, (laughs) you know, foster a derivatives market there. So, you know, making inroads into using crypto to to trade derivatives. Um, And then the real big one, which was sort of overlooked, is that the SWIFT banking system, which... Um, a lot of people didn't know until earlier this year when we started putting <laughs> sanctions on Russia, right? And we banned them from using the SWIFT banking system. You and I know it because we send wires, uh, international wires, to, to buy shares from from foreign companies. And so when you do that, you got to use the SWIFT banking system. And it takes uh, a long time. You know, I've had wires lost. I don't know if you've had wires lost. I have. Um, Right. And, it, it, you know, it's a tedious process. And sometimes it has to go through intermediary banks and um, it takes multiple days for the funds to get there and settle. Well, SWIFT is, is now adopting 
um, something called Chainlink, which is a blockchain built on top of uh, uh, Ethereum. And, and basically they're saying, um, you know, we know we're dinosaurs and we know we need to use this whole crypto uh, ecosystem to, to improve the transfer of money globally. And you had a MasterCard CEO come out and, and sort of say the same thing. And so while we are in a crypto winter and, and while Bitcoin prices remain subdued, they aren't going away as it relates to you know their place in the global financial system. Uh, DeFi, as it were, versus TradFi, which is you know traditional finance, and so um, don't forget about crypto is, is is what I would say, despite all the um, you know superfluous headlines that you see from the Kardashian corners of the world. There's a great tweet this week that said, "People who've been investigated by the SEC, Martha Stewart, a cook, as you mentioned, a deli store in New Jersey, <laughs> at Elon Musk, a Twitter shit poster." And Kim Kardashian, a fashion influencer. People who haven't been investigated by the SEC. Almost every politician and executive in power. <laughs> well done. Well done. I tell you who is being investigated, finally. Um, and we've talked about this. It looks like old Hunter, Hunter Biden, um, wasn't just cracking hookers. I think he's going to get himself grounded here soon in a very permanent way. Anytime I see a story leak that federal agents are investigating the president's son and that they believe they've collected sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and gun purchase crimes. Um, I don't believe in coincidences when there's leaks like that to the media. I think Hunter will be posting bail soon and that'll be interesting court disclosure and deposition to say the least. I thought nobody fucks with the Biden. Isn't <clears throat> that what the president said this week in a hot mic? That's exactly what he said in a hot mic. Um, it's interesting to me that uh, the two most recent first families uh, both have <clears throat> immediate family member, uh, members under federal investigation. Yeah, it seems like not a, a coincidence, guys. Right, it's not like it's a, a fourth turning or a major political inflection point in the in the course of the history of the United States or anything. They all think they can get away with it. Again, for those of you upset about my Democrat rants or my Republican rants, uh, this is the government that the founders warned of. We're living under that government right now. They both think they can get away with it and nothing will ever happen to them. And look, I don't know if he's guilty or not. Um, I don't know if Trump is guilty or not, although he's being accused of taking classified files, not returning them. Um, and then they found classified files. So it looks like he's guilty. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an attorney general and I'm not an attorney and I'm no legal scholar, but both sides think they can get away with it and there will be no repercussions. It'll be really interesting to see what comes of Hunter Biden and his, uh, you know, um, apparently criminal ways. It wasn't all partying, right? Up until now, I've said, well, hey, if he wants to pay for hookers and smoke crack and the hookers are there consensually and accepting the money and having a great time and he's not abusing of anyone other than himself, then to each their own, right? This looks like a little, little, little bit different tone there. So we'll see what plays out. Maybe, um, Biden's, maybe after marijuana, Biden's going to pardon uh, hookers and, and crack convictions. We'll see de how it goes. De definitely going to get into Biden doing but, a very good thing. Go, Joe, right? I, 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 
Yeah. Before before we do, it's no, you know, this Italian election has been making the news, and you wonder why uh, people like that get elected. You know, the media is calling this woman. Her name is Georgia. What is it, Maloney? Yeah. You know, a far right fascist politician. But in the speeches that have I, that I've heard, she's you know uh, more a populist than a, than a fascist, speaking right to the people about basically exactly what you just said. Like these entrenched bankers and politicians think they <laughs> uh, own you and are a different class, uh, et cetera. You know. Uh, I haven't dived too deep into you know any of the racial sentiments. I know that there's a lot of foreigners that are going into Italy, et cetera. But um, clearly, she's resonating just as Trump resonated, you know, in, in 2016 with with people for being um, an, an outsider. I, I I would say that you know Trump's an insider at this point. But um, you know, it's no wonder that people like that get elected, right? Um, and are able to resonate with people. And and it's easier in Italy because there's so many political parties, right? People yeah. have more choice here in the United States. We know the two parties collude to uh, get the candidates who they want and keep others off the stage. And so, yeah, it's 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 global. Uh, people are pissed off, uh, especially in Europe, which we know is already in a, a recession that the media actually recognizes. Whereas you know here we're still approaching a recession or wondering if we're going to. Going to a recession. Politicians were spicy and sassy this week. We had Joe with the hot mic. Did you see Elon and the uh, the the Ukrainian diplomat and their I little didn't. Twitter spat? No, I didn't. I saw he was saying something, but I didn't quite. He was even getting into it with Gary Kasparov, the chess guy. There's a whole chess thing going on. We we'll have to spend a whole podcast. Oh, well, yeah. Well, let, let, let's do that one next week or the week after. Um, and, and on that note, everyone, we will be at the New Orleans Investment Conference next week. So next week being this week. So there may be a lapse in your next Bizarro World episode. We will make it up to you with some live footage from New Orleans or figure out a nice little something in its stead. So I just wanted to get that out there in case next Monday, Tuesday, after this podcast, you're wondering where the heck are Nick and Gerardo and their rants and the raves and all the other stuff. But uh, yeah, so anyhow, back to Elon. So he tweeted, um, he posted a Twitter poll, right? Which is hilarious because now he's back trying to buy Twitter if he's able to secure the financing and all of that. But he, he said, you know, he's got a solution, a potential solution to end this seven month conflict. And, and basically it was three parts that a Ukrainian territory, which Russia annexed by force in 2014, be permanently given to Russia and guaranteed a permanent water supply. That was step one for Elon. Step two was that the four regions of eastern Ukraine where Russia held referendums last month before illegally annexing the land to be put to the new referendums, this time organized by the entire by the United Nations. That was his step two. And then step three for him was that Ukraine should be forced to remain neutral, accomplishing the long-term Kremlin goal of barring Ukraine from joining the NATO defensive alliance. And in response to that, <laughs> the, the Ukrainian diplomat <laughs> replied in a tweet, of course, fuck off is my very diplomatic reply to you. <laughs> So between that and Joe's hot mic, I'm like, man, they're spicy out there this week. Vic, they're on edge. Uh, you know, it's uh, the curse words are flying around. It reminds me, you know, that we have bad language on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's par for the course for the world. You've got the president dropping F-bombs on, on hot mics, man. I mean, you know, that's um, that's just how it is. I think the um, curse words show uh, passion and, and sincerity and and. We're past the, the Puritan days of needing the dresses. Look, I grew up on George Carlin and Richard Pryor, everybody, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, 
it's going to be what it's going to be. You, in the words of Dave Chappelle, you're watching me. I'm not in your house watching you. I'm not bringing this to your place of employment or to your home. All you have to do is turn this off, baby. You don't got to listen. It's, uh, I get into it on Twitter with people sometimes. They go, you know, I'll, I'll interview someone or I'll, I'll post a comment on a stock I like. And, you know, you, you'll get some troll or some bot um, just, you know, just trolling the stock and like it's easy just don't buy it you don't gotta buy it i'm not jacking your bank account and forcing you to buy shares in this thing i'm just telling you what i think right and so no definitely interesting times i'll tell you what was interesting about the elon stat though with uh the ukrainian diplomat is the fact that he's actually used and and the ukraine has used that starlink satellite communication system Mm -hmm. to bypass a lot of these internet outages that have been caused there and so He's kind of provided a little bit of a lifeline um, in in that sense, right? Without having to. I mean, while everybody else is sending weapons, including us here in the U.S., obviously, and and aid um, to buy more weapons systems, um, he's actually taking the route where it's like, I just want people to be able to communicate and and, and find an outcome. So I I, I thought it was heavy-handed. I could care less either way. I don't know either one of those two gentlemen. But I thought it was a heavy-handed response, given that they've been allies, at least on the Starlink satellite communication front. Uh, I have to tell you, I finally got the Starlink last week in my house. We've had some slow internet for five years and because we had to have Dish because we can't get the yeah. no, you know, cable or Comcast or Verizon <laughs> where we live. And um, some people have line of sight, but we have so many tall trees that you can't get line of yep. sight uh, internet. And so, I mean, it's been tough for us to watch Netflix or, you know, on-demand shows or certainly not. I would, like I wouldn't have been able to record this podcast from the house or upload big files or anything like that. And it's been a, it's been a game changer, man, for the past. Really? Week, we've had the Starlink on the roof and oh, man, no buffering, you know, Netflix on demand, all good. So kudos to, to Elon Musk for that. He's definitely done some big things. I love it. I love it. Go, Elon. Appreciate you. Good luck with the Twitter thing. <laughs> um, if we talk about the Twitter thing, we got to talk about the Trumpster. You know Elon's ringing him back if he buys Twitter. I mean, wow, it's good for good for ratings, <laughs> good for advertising, sure. Yeah, seventy something million followers, and um, good for free speech, I suppose. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, obviously, I've disagreed on many policy positions, as 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 I disagree with many policy positions of a lot of politicians of all ilk, right? But uh, you can't deny the guy's entertaining. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got to give him that much. We would stop having to see the screenshots from Truth Social or whatever the other thing is called, and he'd be able just to get back on there. It was honestly more fun when Trump was on the Twitter. It it, it was more entertaining, for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Where are the Blue Lives Matter people? Oh, gosh. I don't know why you're asking. Um, Well, there was a a police officer that was killed um, earlier this year. And, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't see much about it. Story came out and then I dug a little more. I'm like, oh, so there was an officer. This is L.A.? This is L.A. Ah, yeah. Yeah, so this officer died during a training exercise earlier this year. And the officer, the, the, the training exercise was a simulation of being beat by a mob. Except that the other four officers that beat him in this simulated exercise, really beat him to death. And then we find out, we just found out, that the officers were under investigation. This officer was actually investigating them 
for a claim that they gang raped somebody. And so, again, when I talked earlier about how selective certain parties and certain movements are about their outrage, if this had been an immigrant that had killed this officer, it would have been all over the media, especially the right wing media. There would have been outrage and, you know, it would have been Biden's fault. It would have been blood on his hands and it's his weak border policies, despite the fact that he's arrested more illegal immigrants than I think any other president in the first couple of years of his presidency. And Obama did damn good at that as well. But anyhow, I, I, I digress. But again, the fact that this happens and there's not outrage over it, um, I don't know. Seems seems kind of odd, although it's not surprising. It is odd to me. Yeah, well, it was just uh, a couple of weeks ago we were, you know, recanting the the Baltimore Gun Trace Task Force and talking about the show that's been made about that. And I was telling you about um, Detective Sean Souter. I think I said his name wrong on the podcast, but his his name was Sean Souter. And <laughs> I say I, name I, wrongs all the time. It's okay. I know. So <laughs> I, I, I was rereading the story, and yeah, like. He was he was basically shot in the head in a park the day before he was set to testify against the, the gun trace task force. Right. And so, you know, that one got swept under the rug. They never found the killer and just attributed it to gang violence. Right. You know, surprise, surprise. And, and here, same thing. Um, you know, this guy, as you said, he had filed a report for this young lady who filed a, a rape case saying that. Um, you know, she was raped by by four guys and they were all LAPD and. Um, then as this guy looks to leave the force, he was looking to leave the force. It sounded like from the article that I read and, and, and winds up, you know, dead on, like you said, uh, uh, a mob simulation, but the guy had like lacerations to his kidney. Like he was clearly pounded, man. He had and, three uh, broken ribs, a lacerated liver, head injuries liver, and a broken neck. Right. Um, and yeah, so his mom is filing, uh, filing a wrongful death case. So. Um, we'll see, but um, you know, more of those uh, bad apples, I suppose. And 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 here is here is here's the part that does upset me. You know, we talk about fourth turnings here often, and and how you know we got to get these institutions, burn them all to the ground, and and rebuild them, right? And in this case, the LAPD Board of Police Commissioners um, ruled that he sustained his injuries during efforts to save his life. Come on, man, like. <laughs> uh, uh, right. I mean, yeah. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. I, it's 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 the corruption is just insane. Again, this is what they do to a fellow officer. Can you imagine what they're doing to poor whites or poor blacks or poor Mexicans or illegal immigrants or women that don't speak English and have no money? Well, you know, your first question is actually the answer is, you know, where are these blue line people? They are the blue line. They're upholding the blue line. I mean, he was crossing his fellow officers. He was crossing the blue line. Yeah. That's, you don't do that, right? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> unless you want to die, apparently. All right, let's get to Joe. Let's get to a politician doing something good. Out of nowhere, right before the midterms, right? Um, he's decided to pardon everybody um, that was convicted of weed possession under federal law. So that totals to about 6,500 people. I read a funny tweet earlier saying that he probably already forgot that most of those people were convicted under laws that he helped draft and Kamala, certainly his sure. vice president. I've been very critical of her and her involvement in excessive sentencing of particularly, particularly low income um, 
all low income people, but it's skewed heavily towards uh, black and brown people, right? Um, so again, the cynical me says it's all political and it's another you know plot to secure votes ahead of a midterm election that looks tough for them at best. And by them, I mean the Democrats. But again, I applaud the move. I think it's long overdue. I think marijuana still being a schedule one substance is insane in 2022. And I hope, I hope this leads to a shift in how federal authorities view marijuana. Um, as it relates to the markets, I know you were beating yourself up a little bit. I don't know if you care to share, but this did have an effect um, in the markets immediately after the tweet went out. And do you want to share your story, Nick? Yeah, well, you know, I think as recently as last week or the week before, I was mentioning the MSOS cannabis sector ETF. That's the the U.S. Uh, companies, the uh, multi-state operators. That's why it's MSOS, the, the multi-state operator cannabis ETF. But, um, you know, it's been bottoming, right? It was, um, I had a chart up here because I was looking at it. You know, this is an ETF that, you know, last fall was $33, almost $34. And has been plotting right along, you know, $9 for the past couple of weeks. People yeah. were beginning to call bottom and I've been paying more uh, attention to it. And I had queued it up uh, earlier this week. And as recently as today, I had it, you know, queued up on my screen thinking, you know, this is getting pretty damn cheap here. I wonder like when the true bottom is going to be. And then um, all of a sudden I, I saw the tweet and I clicked back over to it. And, and uh, the Viagra chart. Up. <laughs> yeah, it was up almost 40 percent in the in the closing hours of the market. It closed up 34 percent on um, volume that was about three to four times the average. It normally does two or three million shares. It did over 12 million shares today. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess good on Biden. Right. I mean, this is a, yeah. a, an important step. Right. I mean, it's absolutely the right thing to do. And you mentioned the. Um, how it's classified. I mean, he had three points there. The, the first one was pardoning federal offenses. The second one was um, asking governors to pardon state marijuana offenses. And yeah. The third one was asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate the process of reviewing how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Yep. So, you know, again, you know, jaded citizen here. I've been listening to Chuck Schumer for a couple of years saying that he was going to legalize marijuana and it hasn't happened. And, um, you know, my gut reaction to this is that it's a midterm ploy, right? I sure. Mean, you've got, you've got some uh, elections coming up here soon and um, nothing has materially changed as far as, um, you know, banking or taxes or, you know, being able to use credit cards to buy marijuana or the actual scheduling of it. So we'll see. <clears throat> That's still going to take uh, an act of Congress, but um, you know, setting an ETF from below nine to, to <laughs> thirteen bucks in a, in a day is um, certainly helpful in, in getting it off the bottom. We'll see if it truly does tick the bottom, but um, I think you have continued opportunities to buy as the uh, luster of the tweets wear off and as. You know, the bear market continues to play out. We haven't really talked about broader markets. And you mentioned October is a rough month for stocks. We're going to, well, earnings are already starting to come out, but you're going to get more and more earnings reports. You're going to get a CPI number next week um, that's going to be continued high inflation. And uh, you're going to get GDP later this month, which is 
Um, you know, despite the uh, the Atlanta Fed saying that it's going to be over two percent, the, the number is going to be closer to to one percent, and so a lot of headwinds still for the broader market that will likely overshadow the short term euphoria in uh, the cannabis stocks. And hopefully, I'm not just telling myself that to make me feel better for not buying it. <laughs> you said ETF, and it made me think of. Uh, did you see the inverse Jim Cramer ETF <laughs> that somebody filed? Mm-hmm. They say Jim Cramer is a contrarian indicator because he's had a rough go of it with some of his picks here recently. So somebody um, decided to file supposedly an inverse Jim Cramer ETF. And then somebody tweeted, what happens if Jim Cramer recommends it? (laughs) 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 And that provided a great laugh. Um, And so I just wanted to share because laughing is good for the soul, everybody. And there's enough crazy stuff going on out there to where we could all use a good excuse to laugh. I wonder what the ticker would be. It would be like (laughs) M-I-J, like Jim backwards. (laughs) You got to love the creativity sometimes. Nick, what are you watching for in the markets this week? I started with what I'm watching. I'm watching for Patriot Battery Metals to close that financing if it hasn't happened by the time you read or see this. And I'm watching for those assay results because I think finally we're going to start seeing the potential scale of this thing. Anybody that thought this is 2.1 kilometers, you have another thing coming. This is going to get really big really quick and it's going to be a lot of fun between now and year end, y'all. I mean, we covered it already. I'm, I'm looking to see the, the dollar, you know, resume its upward trend. Yeah. Um, looking to, to reshort this market as, a, as it, um, you know, continues to deflate. Um, looking to see how the sentiment is with the retail crowd at the, at the New Orleans conference. We were just at Beaver Creek, but that's sort of an institutional conference. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how these uh, retail investors uh, are seeing things at the, at the New Orleans show and to, to talk to the companies there. So um, not a lot really to, to say. Like I said, I was writing today that it's, you know, you could go back to bed. I think you've got to continue a couple of quarters of uh, more of the same here. And so um, uh, that's about it for me. We didn't really mention uh, nuclear. So uh, you mentioned that they've been relatively subdued and you've got this continued nuclear threat, which we first started talking about maybe three or four weeks ago here on the podcast. You know, um, there was a supposed convoy or a train uh, mm-hmm. carrying, you know, uh, Russian nuclear assets. Uh, and the thinking is that, you know, they could potentially be deployed. That's sort of uh, uh, the overhang, as I see it, for the, for the uranium sector, right? I mean, you get... Um, Putin starting to fire even small scale nukes. That's going to take the wind out of um, the sales of the uranium market really quick, despite uh, the fun- fundamentals, as you said, talking to Amir being, you know, as bullish as they ever were. And so um, closely keeping an eye on that because uh, those those whispers just haven't gone away. They're getting louder. Louder. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting louder. It's Zelensky now um, that is advocating um, for, for being able to preemptively uh, strike Russia using nuclear weapons, small nuclear weapons. So that's getting into really dangerous territory. Don't like it at all. Um, yeah, scary stuff, folks. I, 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 you know, obviously hoping for the best on all fronts on that front. Anytime I see global debt levels where they're at and I see bond markets teetering on the edge and I see institutions looking like they're going to implode high credit suites, um, and then I, I, I see the conflict between Russia and 
the Ukraine, right? The invasion, and I, and then the whispers grow into into conversations about preemptive nuclear strikes. It's an easy excuse to drop a nuke on somebody and um, say that that's why the whole financial system needs to be restructured. When in fact, that's not the reason why it's going to get restructured. It's going to get restructured because it's designed to implode and it's designed to transfer wealth from the very, very, very poor to the very, very, very rich, baby. That's the design of it. That's what we've been doing for the past 30, 40 years. And so, you know, I, I see this as a real easy thing, as cynical as it sounds for governments around the world to get behind because man, would that provide a good destruction or a good distraction, Freudian slip. Sure, well, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but certainly would be a good excuse to do some of the things that need to be done. Um, did you Cubs make the playoffs? So I haven't been following. This no. was not that year. <laughs> no. This was not that year. We were, uh, you know, it, it was a tough year for us, but we put... Um, I, I think we're putting together a team that's going to contend next year. I think we'll bring in some additional pieces. There were some young stars that really, really emerged this year into all-stars and potential future all-stars that I think we have a good base now. And I just think we need another, you know, another pitcher or two and another batter or two. And luckily we have the capital as a team to go out and spend that money. And the front office seems willing to spend that money. So I'm looking forward to a very, very loud 2023 from from my Cubs, but yeah, the season just ended, and you know, we su- I supported the team since 1984 when I first moved to Chicago. So, a lot more losing seasons than winning seasons, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, it should be a fun off season. Baseball playoffs are always fun to watch. I'm not the the most diehard fan, and, and I don't follow day to day. But um, I saw the Orioles, which used to be my team, had their first winning season since 2016. Um, and here, where I get most of the baseball news, the, the Mariners, because they're the, the Washington yeah. team, made the playoffs for the first time since 2001. So I guess good to see some some new blood in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just for some context on those credit suites, uh, credit default swaps, back in you know mid-2021, you could buy one of those for 50, right? Right now, it's at almost 400. It's at 378. And in the past week, it's gone from the 200 level to nearly the 400 level. It's a 100% increase in risk, according to the people that are buying these things. So just putting that out there. Um, that's all I got, Nick. Anything else on your mind? No, that's it. I love it. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World number 189. Go be kind to each other out there, everyone. Have a fun week. Be safe. Enjoy your October. Nick, say something nice to the people. See you next week from New Orleans. Click, like, subscribe, comment. We don't care. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Hopefully we see you all next week. Be safe out there, y'all. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.